It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. If you would like to be a part of this year program, you are uh, absolutely welcome to. Uh, I, I, I do have to have a uh, just a, a brief housekeeping note because um, of a direct message I got on Twitter from a podcast listener. I do not believe it or not. Your host does not control the advertising that the podcasting companies stick in the podcast, let alone. I mean, the, the advertising you may hear on your local radio station. I, I'm stunned sometimes. Uh, I, I can always call the podcasting people and say, hey, um, not an ad that I think should. This one was apparently a, a plan. Some genius decided that a Planned Parenthood ad before the start of my podcast was worth it. I was able to get in and, and block it, but I got hate mail, a uh, direct message from a listener who was so disappointed. I, would lie, I, and I, said, I, I don't control it. I don't even know. I have no idea until someone tells me. So, so don't send me hate mail. They were at least apologetic, but the same thing with your your local radio station. I don't control the ads. The local radio station does. Leave me out of it, please. Um, but this one, uh, if I if somebody tells me and it's the podcast, I can at least call them and say, "Hey, the podcast company, say, hey, don't don't run an ad like that in my podcast. I don't want their money." Um, but don't accuse me of approving the ads, please. I'm sorry. This this actually relates to a story that I want to get to the the anger of people on the right. Everybody on the right is looking to be betrayed. There is a persecution complex that is running rampant right now. It is stunning to me the amount of people on the right who just have internalized or being persecuted. And, you know, separates the Christians from the pagans. Christians are told to be joyful in persecution. And, and uh, the new right these days are just absolutely angry and beside themselves. And I finally decided it, it is worth reiterating the data because the data that's out there suggests things are not as bad as it seems. We are in the second year of Joe Biden's administration, and it comes after four years of Donald Trump. During two of those four years, Republicans also controlled Congress. During those two years, we swung a majority of the courts of appeals of the United States to the right filled up all the seats possible on the courts of appeals and district courts. We secured the Supreme Court center-right balance for the next generation. 20 states have Republican control of both houses of their legislature along with the governor's mansion, the secretary of state's office, and the attorney general. 20 states. An additional three states have Republican legislative control of both houses of legislature and the governor's office. Two additional states have the governor, the attorney general, and the secretary of state and a divided state legislature, Republicans holding one house, Democrats holding the other. In other words, 28 states out of 50 have Republican governors. 23 states have full Republican General's Assembly, and uh, an additional couple of states have Republicans in control of at least one house of the state legislature. Also, have I mentioned there's a Republican wave coming? I don't know if you've heard this, but the polling is so bad for the Democrats. Uh, Democrats are in doom mode right now. The Republicans are coming. They're going to take back Congress, probably, definitely the House, probably the Senate. They will make additional statewide gains in many states. 
Hispanic voters are moving to the GOP. A significant but very small number of black voters are moving to the GOP. And the Supreme Court is weeks away from scuttling Roe v. Wade, or at least limiting it in some way, probably allowing a 15-week abortion ban for sure. Things are going well for the right right now. And I think sometimes we want to be miserable. And I do often think that it is overwhelmingly a phenomenon of social media. The more you're on social media, the more likely you are to believe you're being persecuted. It is a unique phenomenon of social media. Uh, if you are not on social media and you don't listen to a ton of Fox and and really a lot of other conservative talk radio where, it, I mean, it, it's profitable to be doom and gloom all the time. Y'all, things aren't going well for the left. You got major cultural institutions, yes, on the left, but uh, corporations are starting to realize maybe we don't want to pick a fight with these people. They seem to be culturally dominant. They seem to be politically dominant. I mean, Disney, listen, I I think that the Florida legislature should not have scrapped the tax improvement district because they should scrap it. Just hear me out here. I think spiking the football and saying we're going to punish Disney for its free speech gives Disney a plausible argument in court. If they waited six months and said, ah, oh, we need the money, it's, we need you to go, they, they could have done it. But by saying we're going to punish Disney, it gives Disney a plausible argument argument in court. There's also another argument that Disney has that uh, some bond lawyers have raised, and it's actually an even more credible argument. And again, I want you to know up front, I believe the Florida Republicans know they can't get rid of the Reedy Creek Tax Improvement District. The reason they did it is to get a win with the base, to make Ron DeSantis look like the fighter you should have already known he is, and serve as deterrence to future companies. What I suspect is going to happen is courts will say you can't get rid of it this way. One, because of Disney's free speech rights. You, There are, believe it or not, intent matters in this. I get people who call the program and they're just furious that I would say, they, gave, they didn't have to give it to them. They can take it back. Yes, but intent matters in the same way that if you kill someone and you don't mean to, it's negligence. And if you do mean it, it's murder. A, a legislature can take an act that is totally plausibly legal and have it become illegal if the intent is to punish someone for their First Amendment right. A legal act can become illegal based on the intent of the action taken. And this is why I think every Republican voter said, do, 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 do. attention, attention, we're doing this to punish Disney for speaking out because they really want the courts to save them from themselves. Because there's an entire body of case law out there that says a legal act becomes illegal if the intention is to punish someone for exercising their rights. And guess what? Under Citizens United, it's very clear that Disney, a corporation, has those individual rights of the First Amendment. And Citizens United is a very good case. But there's also the bond lawyer saying, wait a second, this interferes with a contract right under the Florida Constitution and the federal Constitution. The state authorized Disney to take out bonds under the Reedy Creek Tax Improvement District based on the existence of the district. For the state to swoop in after the bonds have been issued and say, now we're taking out the tax district is a violation of the contract. And as a result, under the contract clause, they probably can't 
get rid of it right now. They can later, but probably can't right now. That's actually a really good argument. It's a very technical argument under contract law, but actually they probably can't. Whether you believe they can or not, though, the the bigger issue here is deterrence. The state is going to deter future corporations from doing what Disney did. And I have a suggestion for how to proceed. First of all, I need you to understand things are not as bad as some of you believe. The reason you think it's bad is because the media disproportionately sides with the left. But the people who are not siding with the left, the courts and the voters, the courts and the voters are the biggest powers in this country, and they're siding with the Republicans. They're siding with conservatives. So despite all of the media disproportionately giving sympathetic attention to the left, our side is actually doing very well with voters and in the courts. But you know, David French pointed out that Jack Phillips of Masterpiece Cake Shop in Colorado, he won his case in court. Hobby Lobby won their case in court. Conestoga Wagon won their case in court. Conestoga and Hobby Lobby were joined together. Obama tried to make them pay for abortion. They won in court. But the response is what I'm sympathetic to. They should never have had to go to court to sue. And Baronel Stutzman, the florist in, in Washington or Oregon, she lost her florist shop because she refused to provide flowers for a gay wedding and got sued. And the Supreme Court wouldn't take her case. She should have never been sued for that. I have some ideas, though. First of all, you got to understand federalism matters. Some states you're going to win, some states you're going to lose. In the states where you're going to win, though, we often now see corporations speaking out on behalf of the left, trying to get states to not do stuff. I live in Georgia. Georgia Republicans have for years tried to pass the Religious Freedom Restoration Act. The Supreme Court held that states have to have it for it to apply. All the Religious Freedom Restoration Act does is say that the uh, First Amendment rights to free exercise and freedom from religious establishment uh, take the same weight in the First Amendment as the freedom of speech. It is a law that says the Freedom uh, Religious Freedom Restoration Act says that the state can't force a religious people or religious group to do something that violates their religion if there's another way to accomplish the same act without violating people's religion. It has nothing to do with the uh, contract relationship between an individual and another individual. It only applies to the state. But progressives have been claiming that if you pass the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, it would protect a small business from having to perform uh, goods, provide goods and services to a gay wedding. No, actually, the RIFRA doesn't apply there. But the left says this, corporations have bought it, and every time Georgia's tried to pass it, Delta, Home Depot, Coca-Cola, the Hollywood film industry comes and says, don't you pass religious freedom protections? And they cave. So I have a proposal. I think that conservative, every state has a conservative think tank. Every state has a think tank connected to conservatives. And Every single one of those think tanks should begin listing out every single bit of corporate welfare in the state tied to each individual corporation. Expose it now. Expose the crony capitalism so that these corporations understand there is a ready-made list of all of their tax breaks, tax advantages, tax incentives, tax districts that the state is giving to them so that conservatives can begin to have them repealed over time. Deterrence, my friends, I think is the best thing.
Major League Baseball, because Stacey Abrams told them they should do it, Major League Baseball pulled their all-star game out of the out of the city of Atlanta because Georgia passed a voting rights bill that actually does not really decrease people's ability to vote in the state of Georgia. It was mischaracterized willfully by the press, and Major League Baseball responded when Stacey Abrams suggested they should, and they boycotted Georgia. We should find any perks that baseball gets in Georgia, including those tied to the Braves, frankly, and we should be willing to repeal them. Not we are, but we're willing to if Major League Baseball dares to bully us. In Florida, in Georgia, in North Carolina, in Tennessee, in Texas, the states give major film tax credit benefits to Hollywood studios. We should be prepared to get rid of those. We should be willing to punish corporations that want to speak out. And again, the issue is not to punish, but to deter them from getting involved. They need to understand conservatism is dominant right now. We control, the Republicans do, 23 state legislatures, governors, mansions, attorney generals, and secretary of state offices. We control 28 total governors' mansions. We control half the state legislatures in the country. We got power right now. And we're about to get more. The Supreme Court is on our side. We should play smart, but above all else, be humble. That's why I think the gloating and the repeal of Reedy Creek was a bad idea. Voters don't like it. I know voters. I was a political consultant for years. Voters do not like it when the politicos get a big win and gloat. The Republicans in Florida got a big win. They defied Disney. They passed the Parental Rights and Education Act. They didn't have to spike the football. Voters just don't like it when you do it. So pass these laws. Use what happened in Florida now as a deterrent for future company involvement. And be conservative. Pass the critical race theory ban. Pass the free speech on college campus law. Pass the prohibitions on um, on, on transgender sports. Do those things. Fight the corporations. And frankly, we win on the other way. If we repeal all the crony capitalist handouts in the country, that's good for us too. Stop subsidizing corporations. You shouldn't have to wait for the corporations to speak out for the left to stop subsidizing them. Just stop subsidizing them. This other program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan Nationwide. If your business needs to grow, you need access to big loans, $750,000 or more. Reach out to my friends at First Liberty. They've been helping small businesses become really big businesses since the early 90s. Their website is firstlibertyga.com, firstlibertyga.com. Tell them I sent you. Spend 10 minutes with them. See if they're a good fit for you. Buying a building, building a building, whatever. See if they can help you, firstlibertyga.com. I want to go to Matt, who's been waiting patiently. Matt, welcome to the program. How are you? Good, Eric. How are you, sir? Great. What's going on? Hey, just wanted to uh, share a thought for all of the listener voters out there about what I've deemed the Democrat crime syndicate. The attack on the police that you were talking about earlier, I think, really uh, took off in a large way under Obama. Uh, police acting stupidly, et cetera, et cetera. And I think one of the themes that the voting public has to be conscious of is that the left and the Democrats never, ever talk about, hey, we have to be good citizens first. We have to do what the police are telling us to do when we're engaged with the police and not run and not fight, not grab the guns, grab the tasers and wrestle and fight with the cops. It's never the message 
the message is always it's the police's fault. And I think that's because the Democrats want us at each other's throats. I think the end game is to just have us all raise our hands and say, uncle, I can't take it anymore. Give me more government. Give me peace versus giving us liberty and our own means to defend ourselves. That's just something I wanted to share. You know, I, I, Matt, I, there's, I, I said something to, to a degree similar um, that I, I really do think that we're rapidly reaching the point where progressives in particular think the country is, is illegitimate. They know the Constitution stands in their way of being able to fundamentally upend the country. And so by slowly delegitimizing every institution in the country, including the police, they ultimately get to make their case that, you know what, we need a new Continental Convention. We need a new uh, Constitutional Convention. We need uh, everybody getting together, and they think they've got the votes. And they can restructure America in their image. I mean, look at the delegitimization efforts of the Senate. You literally cannot get rid of the United States Senate under the Constitution. The Constitution requires that no state shall give up its two senators without that state's consent. Which states are going to give up their senators? None. So you delegitimize again and again and again and again and again and again and again. And And hopefully you think maybe people will decide, well, you know what? Doggone it. We just need a new constitution. If we can't amend this constitution to get rid of the Senate and make it democratic, well, then we got to get rid of the constitution itself. There is a pattern and practice of the left doing this, trying to undermine and delegitimize each individual individual institution in the country. And they've moved from taking over the schools to delegitimizing the police and the Senate, the Electoral College, the Supreme Court, uh, the presidency when they don't hold it. The states, they now treat them like they're semi-sovereign entities or or rather uh, subsidiaries of the federal government when in fact they're semi-sovereign entities. This is a pattern. And I really don't think they're going to be successful, but I do think it's going to make the country more and more uh, destabilized over time because of it. It's such a such a real, real problem. Now, when we come back, uh, we got to shift some gears and take on Title 42 because, holy moly, uh, the Democrats at this point realize they have a major problem. A federal judge is going to save them from themselves. And the Biden administration internally is so divided on the issue of Title 42, they kind of don't know what to do. Republicans, meanwhile, are starting to hint they may try to impeach the Secretary of Homeland Security. Welcome back. It's Eric Erickson here. The phone number, if you would like to be on the program, 877-973-7425. Well, the Title 42 issue, it's becoming a real problem for the Democrats. This is the news report from ABC. So this is a Trump-era policy, and really it's been used more than a million times now to expel migrants at the border. Opponents of this Title 42 uh, say that it used COVID as an excuse to keep immigrants out of the country. So the administration had planned to lift it come May 23rd. But people who want to keep it in place say lifting it would lead to this large influx of uh, immigration at the border. Even the administration has conceded that lifting Title 42 could lead to as many as 18,000 border crossings a day at its peak up from about 8,000 right now. 
So the White House really has been under a ton of pressure on this one. Republicans have turned this into a political attack. House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, you can see him there. He was at the border yesterday, cameras in tow. Uh, they're hailing this right now, uh, this move by the federal judge as a victory for border security. But even members of the president's own party, Democrats and allies, have pushed him to keep Title 42 in place. Immigration advocates, however, say that it's time to stop using public health as a reason to expel migrants who are seeking asylum. They're calling on the administration to fight back against this ruling. Uh, yeah, here's a problem. Uh, it's going to be politically devastating for the Democrats if they give up Title 42. Uh, here is um, Kevin McCarthy, the House Minority Leader. What is your thought on what is going to happen down here on May 23rd if the Biden administration lifts Title 42? Well, it's devastating now. It's overwhelming. It's unsustainable. Those aren't even my words. That comes from the Secretary Johnson during the Obama administration, 7,000 a day. It is going to be overwhelming Um, because it'll go from 7,000 a day to Mm 18,000. And what's happening you're seeing here now is where I got to praise Governor Abbott. He's doing things the federal government should be doing. We could stop this. This is all being created by what Biden's actions have been. And he should not lift Title 42. That's what we're down here to under- talk about. This is what we're watching. I think the president should be here and actually see what's going on before he makes any decision like that. The speaker should be down here. The vice president should be down here. Those Democrats who claim that they're opposed to lifting Title 42, they could sign a discharge petition. Only a handful has to do it, and that bill can go up on the floor. I'm just, um, I'm kind of, I, I, I don't even know. I've just never seen a White House, even going back to Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter was not a good president. He may be a fine man, history's greatest monster. It's a Simpsons reference. If you don't get it, don't be offended. Uh, he 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 may have been a fine man, but he wasn't a good president. He was uh, not big enough for the job. There were a series of crises, uh, and Democrats began to believe the presidency was just too big for any one man. It was too big for Jimmy Carter, uh, but Ronald Reagan came in with a lot of the same problems and took care of them. It turned out it was the man, not the office. Joe Biden has been in Washington for 50 years Ron Klain, his chief of staff, was chief of staff to Janet Reno, Al Gore, Vice President Biden, and now Joe Biden, the president. And the office is too big for those two men. Wasn't too big for Donald Trump. Wasn't too big for Barack Obama. Wasn't too big for George W. Bush. Wasn't too big for Bill Clinton. Wasn't too big for George H.W. Bush. Wasn't too big for Ronald Reagan, but is too big for Joe Biden. Title 42 was implemented by the Trump administration based on the pandemic as a novel way to keep immigrants from flooding the American border. Last summer, migrants flooded the southern border, even with Title 42 in place. We were overwhelmed. You saw all the reporting. You saw all the coverage. What's so notable is that when Donald Trump was president, you had Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and others uh, calling it uh, concentration camps that we were operating at the border. That's what AOC believed. That's what she claimed. Uh, And uh, she regularly attacked the border situation. 
And Democrats haven't actually changed the situation at the border. So it was essentially at the time a way to gin up opposition to Donald Trump and fire up Democratic voters on claims of a concentration camp at the southern border that were not actually so. And the the crazy, weird thing here is that the Democrats never improved the problem. The kids who were chained up in cages are still there. The the kids who who supposedly were locked away in concentration camps, they're still there. But you notice the media and others, they don't give it a lot of coverage now. They don't talk about it now. It is remarkable, though. It is remarkable to me how the situation hasn't gotten any better and yet they don't want to talk about it now. And now with the end of Title 42, you have potentially a a major, major scenario shaping up where we're going to be completely overwhelmed. This is from March of this year, the Customs and Border Patrol, their data on what we're dealing with at the border in March of this year while Title 42 is in place. Let's give you some setup information. First of all, we've received a word that back here behind us at this community center in Eagle Pass, Texas, that migrants who have been processed are going to be brought to this location later today throughout points of the day and put on buses to then be transported to places in the United States and then dropped off. We can tell you that there's a major DPS presence at the community center back here, but we have yet to see any buses yet this morning. More on that as we get it. But first, we're also pouring over the new numbers that we just received for March, the official apprehension numbers from DHS court paperwork as we pour over that new information showing more than 221,000 migrant encounters for the month of March. More than 221,000. For context, that's more than 48,000 compared to last March. And look at the number from five years ago. Just more than 16,000 taken into custody in one month. And now officials say it could reach 18,000 a day. A day. When Title 42 expulsions end on May 23rd, in the week we have been here, our cameras have captured the uptick of crossings in the Del Rio sector, the river in Eagle Pass, just a flurry of activity at all hours. As the governor of this state says, they are bracing for the worst. That's from Fox News. That was March of this year. The numbers keep going up. We got Title 42 in place now, and and we've got more people crossing this year than last year, even with Title 42 in place. The other day, a Border Patrol agent tried to save illegal aliens who were crossing the border. They were drowning in the Rio Grande. And this Border Patrol agent swam out into the Rio Grande to save the illegal aliens who were coming. This is the exchange between Fox News' Jackie Heinrich and Jen Psaki. The White House has said nothing about the Border Patrol agent dying. Does the White House feel any responsibility for 
his death, given that uh, there, there's reporting that he lost his life uh, allegedly trying to save uh, two migrants who were smuggling drugs. This is a, a problem that you know the administration has been facing for some time, and is obviously as we've been discussing, getting some criticism on. Is does the White House feel at all responsible? And what what more can you offer to people who? you know, are on the border, in border communities who are experiencing loss and, and trials like this. Well, I, I, of course we are mourning the, the loss of his life, and we are grateful for the work of every National Guardsman. I would note that the National Guard work for the states, and so he is an employee of the Texas, Texas National Guard, and his efforts and his operation were directed by there, not by the federal government uh, in, this, in this effort, in this apparatus. Uh, we've, we've long stated that our immigration system is broken. There needs to be more done to invest in smarter security, to have a more effective asylum processing system, and we would welcome any efforts to uh, for for any elected officials to work with us on that. They've never said anything publicly about this, and it turns out the border patrol agent, as you heard the Fox reporter say, saved two people who were implicated in a drug smuggling operation, and they're going to make it worse with Title Forty Two. Y'all, I, I just again, this boggles my mind. The Trump administration put Title 42 in place. The Democrats railed against him for doing it, and it's worked. It's worked. And now they're scared to get rid of it because they know it's going to make the situation worse. And, and this, is, this is the remarkable thing here. They've known it had to go away. The Title 42 restriction is based on there being a pandemic. When the pandemic subsides, Title 42 has to go away. So either they double down on saying the pandemic is still here, which they don't want to do for politics, or they get rid of Title 42. They've had time to figure out something. They could have built more detention facilities. They could have built the wall. They could have done all sorts of things and they chose to do nothing. And now the moment has arrived and they're being saved by a federal judge temporarily who's going to delay getting rid of Title 42 from when it ends at the end of May to a, a, a time where they can have a hearing on the matter. But if the pandemic is over, Title 42 cannot stay under the plain language of the statute and, and the executive order. It can't. They had all of this time to prepare, and they didn't. And that's the thing that just amazes me about this administration. Every major crisis this administration has encountered is one they had advanced knowledge of, including Ukraine. Remember, the French intelligence minister resigned because his intelligence concluded Vladimir Putin would not invade. Our intelligence got it exactly right that he was going to invade. The Biden administration knew it, and to this day, they're still screwing up on how we're going to send aid to, to Ukraine. They, they have said they're going to send helicopters, and they then walked it back. They said they were going to send tanks, and they walked it back. We're sending money, thank God. The president has actually been very proactive on the issue. I don't want to criticize him a ton because he's actually done a lot of good, but a lot of what we're doing, we're forced into doing because we had heads up, the invasion was coming, and we dragged our feet. On the border, we've dragged our feet on Title 42 and what should come after it. On even masks on planes, the Biden administration could have gotten a win, and instead they were denied it by a judge who threw it out. And then they went back and forth on whether or not they should appeal, and now they're going to appeal, but they don't want to bring it back. The whole thing's a mess. 
every major crisis this administration has encountered is predictable, foreseeable, knowable, and could be expected, and they could have had a plan for it, and they didn't. Which means they see coming right now November. They know what's going to happen in November. They're not trying to even win at this point. They're trying to do damage control. If that is as foreseeable as Title 42 and Ukraine and everything else, and even more foreseeable than some, if they can't prepare for those, I don't see how they prepare to mitigate the damage of the election. They're going to screw that up too. Good. You know what else is good? The Eden Pure Thunderstorm. We need to clear the air. They're probably going to need to run these the day after the election of the White House and clear the air there. It gets rid of the stinky odors. It gets rid of the stench. Even the sulfurous stench some of those progressives have walking through the house. It gets rid of it. And you can get three of them right now for less than $200. You get three of them for less than $200. You're actually saving $200 as well by going to EdenPureDeals.com. EdenPureDeals.com, like the Garden of Eden. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. You will be confronted when you go to the site with a discount code box. You put in ERIC3, E-R-I-C-K-3. Put that in and Miracle of Miracles, watch with the Eden Pure Thunderstorms as the price drops by $200. You go to checkout, you get it delivered to your house with free shipping, all three of them. An upstairs one, a downstairs one, or a basement one, or leave one in your suitcase like I do. I take mine if the hotel room stinks or the rental car stinks. It gets wiped out, and you can use a USB cord. You don't have to plug it directly into the wall. It's small. It's portable. It's great. It's the Eden Pure Thunderstorm. Get three of them for less than $200 at EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code is Eric, E-R-I-C-K, and the number three. Welcome back. It is Eric Erickson here. I want to bring you a Ukrainian update. The Secretary of State and the Defense Secretary have been in Ukraine. This is uh, the Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken. We don't know how the rest of this war will unfold, but we do know that a sovereign, independent Ukraine will be around a lot longer than Vladimir Putin's on the scene. And our support for Ukraine going forward uh, will continue. It will continue until we see final success. We are going to up the spending uh, significantly. Now, I know there are Americans out there, some of you included, who say we shouldn't be giving Ukraine money when we have problems here. We will have bigger problems here if we don't tamp down these Russian ambitions. Uh, Think of the long game here. The Russians clearly want to move further in. They're announcing they're cutting off natural gas to Poland. Uh, Russian commanders are now talking about moving into Moldova next once they get through Ukraine. This expands a war in Europe, and we will have to get involved. Whether you think so or not, you know and I know we will. We gotta, we got to do what we can to help them. Interestingly enough, uh, there are more and more acts of sabotage happening in Belarus and Russia. Belarus and Russia, uh, Belarus is allowing the Russians to come through to get into Ukraine. Uh, Belarusian railway workers have been sabotaging railway lines in Belarus. When Russian troops streamed across Belarusian border into Ukraine for what they assumed would be a lightning assault on Kiev, they were intending to rely on the region's extensive rail network for supplies and reinforcements. The Russians had not taken into account railway saboteurs from Belarus. Starting in the early days of the invasion in February, a clandestine network of railway workers 
hackers and dissident security forces went into action to disable or disrupt the railway lines connecting Russia to Ukraine through Belarus, wrecking havoc on the supply lines. The attacks have drawn little attention outside Belarus amid the drama of the Russian onslaught and the bloody aftermath of Russia's humiliating retreat. Fierce Ukrainian resistance and tactical errors by the ill-prepared Russian forces were likely enough to thwart the plans. But the Belarus railway saboteurs can at least claim a role in fueling the logistical chaos. This is incredible reporting from the Washington Post. But now there is more. In Russia, there have been a series of explosions at oil refineries are close to Ukraine. Pretty much every major oil facility now close to Ukraine has been struck. They don't know yet if Ukrainian attacks or Russian saboteurs. It appears to be Russian saboteurs. Vladimir Putin is now increasingly worried about uh, dissident elements within Russia possibly uh, committing a coup. He has purged major leadership positions from those he thought were unstable to stabilize them in his favor. This is not looking good for the Russians. It looks like, though, that this could draw out into next year as the Russians are trying to consolidate positions in eastern Ukraine. The strategy here is to cons- cons- for Russia to consolidate positions in the east of Ukraine and then sweep across southern Ukraine from those positions going all the way to Odessa, which is on the western coast of Ukraine. If they can do that, uh, then they can make it into Moldova where there are 1,200 Russian soldiers in a uh, trans-edestrian, I, th- I forget the name of it. There's a uh, rebel region of Moldova between Moldova and Ukraine. There are 1,200 Russians stationed there, and they want to reinforce that and take over Moldova as well. They basically want to rebuild the Soviet Union, and we are giving Ukrainians as much as we can to help them stop the Russians, including we are, it looks like, now going to give them the tanks and helicopters Biden went wobbly on, which is a good thing. We need to stop the Russians before this spreads too far. 